0: Yeah, it's like, while it's sold local, it's not staying local, right? It's getting packed up. It's in your suitcase. It's taken back home with folks who have tons of stories, talk stories. They go back to their shared, to their friends and their family about the Kona coffee experience, their time at Monarch Coffee. And then they, and because of our time together, right? Like they become like family members and they become customers for many years to come. So then they're gifting it to their friends. So now the, the neighbor across the street that took care of their dog, they're now really excited about Kona coffee, right? So it's all linked to a local economy, which is really, if we think about it, it should fall under like
1: a local tourism economy. Welcome to the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapper Ford friends. I'm your host Lee Safar, and this is episode two of a five-part series with Abby Munoz from Monarch Coffee Farms. Welcome back to this episode, Abby. (laughs) So we are talking in this series about coffee in Hawaii, coffee that is grown in Hawaii, and the role that it's playing in 2024. Um, in The supply chain of coffee. This, folks, for those of you who don't know, um, this is going to be, in my opinion, a pivotal year in the history of coffee. And for a lot of reasons, whether it's um, economically, whether it's supply chain, whether it's political or geopolitical, all of these things are going to contribute to why this is going to be a very, very pivotal year in the way that coffee is traded and the way that coffee is distributed around the world. Some of those reasons you will know about, others of those reasons you'll never hear about. Now, Throughout this series, we're going to look at that from the perspective of, or we are looking at that from the perspective of Hawaii. And the reason I think that this is really important is because America being the leading economy in the globe, in my opinion, is entering a recession. And That is going to shift consumer behaviour, it being the number one coffee-consuming country in the world, is going to shift consuming behaviour of coffee, and that will present an interesting opportunity for different origins around the world, particularly coffee that's grown in Hawaii, which is part of America. One of the interesting things that you may not know about coffee that's grown in Hawaii is it's mostly all sold locally, in Hawaii. And I think that there's going to be an opportunity for that to change in 2024. Um, but And we're going to talk about that in the next episode. In this episode, Abby, can you help people understand what the economics looks like in and how coffee is distributed within Hawaii so that it is mostly sold locally? Yeah, it's kind of a hard, tricky thing, right? Like Kona coffee
0: specifically, right? Like the gem of Hawaii. I mean coffee's growing in all the islands um, but really the most renowned and most of the coffee that people know about is coffee, right it's most recognizable and it holds a special place in the hearts of coffee people all over the place right mm-hmm. so right so growers and producers um, all of them like it's a story of pride and quality and uh, lots of tradition you know even though it's not like hawaiian right and there's a lot of um colonization surrounding coffee mm-hmm. growing, which again another podcast mm-hmm. right but like because of the the microclimate and all these things right like um we have this perfect condition that it allows us to grow this delicious rich coffee flavor tasting coffee right But because of exclusivity, right, Um, and and the minuscule amount of – like, we just can't grow enough coffee, right? Like, big giants, like, make this really difficult, right? Like, bigger folks. Brazil and – Right, exactly, right? Because we are so relatively small – it makes Kona coffee super even more precious, right? Right. So it is understood that most coffee is mostly sold locally in Kona, right? Or in Hawaii, right? But I think that it's important that we don't get that confused with it being sold to locals. Right. Right. Most folks who live in Hawaii are not the people who are per- purchasing. Kona coffees they are they can't afford it the cost of living is so high um I mean there's lots of reasons but they I mean they're going to Starbucks like everywhere else and and um a lot of people make coffee at home um, they're I mean I don't even know but I mean most of the time you down at the paddle at the hall the, at the heyow, and, you know, I'll bring a basket or bring a bunch of coffee and down, maybe it's coffee that we didn't sell during the week or something. And they're, they're like, oh, Kona cone of coffee. Oh my gosh. You know, I don't know what the rate. is. Oh, this is so expensive. Is yours expensive? Because I can't afford expensive coffee. Right. Right. So understanding that at moderate coffee, like I'm going to speak from moderate coffee because as you right. and I both know, the transparency within from producer to producer Coffee, coffee farmer is really hard to because no one's being transparent about what's really selling and how much you're selling right. for um a lot of farmers are selling their cherry to a larger um farmer producer roaster right like for instance like greenwells or um uh, huolo coffee or something like that and so um uh, right but for us like the majority of our consumer comes from People who are coffee connoisseurs, aficionados, um, coffee lovers, like
1: coffee lovers, ho- yeah, right? Coffee lovers. But tourists. Also
0: adventurous travelers, like people not just only like people who are um eco-conscious consumers who want to su- support small local businesses. And so they not only value taste, but a story and a relationship, right? And so their interests go beyond just the coffee, right? Mm-hmm. Like it goes beyond it's about a lifestyle, like a stewardship kind of thing. Like I feel that a lot for from them from people who come to the farm. And so because that's who they are, they value those things. They find their way to monarch coffee. Mm -hmm. on their vacation right Mm. because they are seeking an an adventure they're seeking an experience um and so for us and like a lot of farmers have them on like that are selling that are are doing seed to cup um they will have guest experience spaces on their farms um like as we do and you know we are able to have a little live show and tell right? right uh Um, about growing and processing Kona coffee. We share the cultural heritage of the Kona coffee region. Even that there is some, you know, bad blood, so to speak. Um, But it's part of the history and it's part of the evolution of the island. Right. And then we get to enjoy a cup of coffee with our guests that come to the farm. Inevitably people fall in love with our coffee Um, which then really equates to falling in love with Kona coffee. Um, They fall in love with the life that it's lived, right? This talk story that happens behind it. One of the things that we are really known for in Hawaii is Mm -hmm. everything about talking story, right? Um, And so then naturally they take home this coffee as their souvenir from this adventure that they've had. Um, But it's not about us selling them a cup of coffee, it's about like us a, a t- building relationship and together, like for taking in this like a legacy kind of thing. Like it's kind of a weird, not weird, like it's beautiful to me, right? And yeah. so the guests or the tourists are really what creates this local market, right? And it's mm-hmm. those guests coming to the island that cherish. Kona coffee, and they have then because of this preciousness to them that they cherish it so much, right? They become really, they have this like, it's like embedded in them, like desire to like, like it's a treasure to them from the island, right? Right. From being on, and so now creates this like passion for supporting local farmers, Kona coffee farmers, right, and then it just trickles down to this Kona coffee experience. And so however, so like Kona coffee is like sought after really worldwide. Right. Um, And it's, and, but it, like it stems from, I believe like that experience and the reputation, like that, from that experience of coming to the farm, does that make sense?
1: <laughs> yeah. So if I hear you correctly, what you're saying is that the 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 amount of coffee that's grown in Kona, in the Kona region of Hawaii, is produced um, and then sold to people that are coming to the islands. So it it as producers, you may sell it to different roasters that are all across Hawaii, but the people who are buying that coffee may not necessarily be locals that live in Hawaii. It's the people that are coming to Hawaii to experience the culture in Hawaii um, or holiday or whatever it is. And the reason a lot of that coffee is not making its way around the world is because you grow enough to support that economy, that tourist economy, Uh, And even if it's just people who keep coming back again and again as tourists, whatever it is, the coffee that's produced there supports that local tourist economy and that's where that coffee's going. It's not going to people who live there permanently because the cost of living is so high and the cost of production of coffee in Kona is so high that it's not a coffee that's for the locals yeah,
0: it's like while it's sold local, it's not staying local, right? It's getting right. packed up. It's in your suitcase. It's taken back home with folks who have right. tons of stories, talk stories. They go back to their shared to their friends and their family about the Kona coffee experience, their time at Monarch Coffee. And then they, be- and because of our time together, right? Like they become like family members and they yeah. become customers for many years to come. So then they're gifting it to their friends. So now the, the neighbor across the street that took care of their dog, they're now really excited about Kona Coffee, right? So it's all linked to a local economy, which is really, if we think about it, it should fall under like a local tourism economy.
1: This episode is proudly brought to you by Mapa Forwards Workshop. It's time to become a coffee consultant. Learn how to diversify your revenue streams and create freedom from your day job while saying goodbye to that alarm clock forever by becoming a consultant within the coffee industry or directly to consumers who have shifted towards home brewing and home roasting. Protect your income from challenging times in the coffee value chain by taking this course today. Go to mapperforward.coffee forward workshops or click the link in the show notes for details. Right. So, um,
0: yeah, I think that's like kind of the misconception of it, right? Like there isn't, and and the logistics to get coffee to the mainland and things like that can, and the costs and the cost of production becomes prohibitive for mainland coffee roasters to purchase the coffee, right?
1: Mm. So it's kind of like a twofold thing, which and probably probably should- yeah, a fifth podcast episode (laughs) well actually we're going to talk about it in the next podcast you you set us up perfectly for the next episode which is we're going to talk about why Kona coffee is so expensive and exclusive and um and in that we're going to talk about because this is something that even from a roasted coffee perspective it's expensive but that also tracks from a green coffee perspective so we're going to talk about some of the people who do buy coffee from you and why it is something that they can do but not something that every coffee roaster can do Um, so join us in the next episode for this folks peace love and peanut butter have an amazing rest of your day i really hope you enjoyed this episode friends please don't forget to show us some love by subscribing liking commenting and most of all sharing this podcast with your friends Check the show notes for links, including our sponsors and our Patreon, and stay tuned for more great conversations on The Daily Coffee Pro by Mapper Forward.